Uh, so we're just going to continue on. This is a, a sermon that's intended to be shorter. Uh, it is a beautiful summer day. We're going to try to go through it fairly quick. But, but I think there's something really rich for us here as we uh, continue on in this little series uh, to just take us through to the end of uh, June called Jesus and the Stuff of Life. Jesus and the Stuff of Life. Jesus uh, all through um, all of the Gospels, really, but in particular the book of Matthew, just gives these beautiful little images and illustrations from common everyday things and everyday objects about uh, how we can live life and how we live life in relationship to him and how we, how we grow and how we, uh, how we be followers of him. And, uh, and the piece that we're going to talk about today in terms of just a simple thing that Jesus taught about is from the book of Matthew chapter 7 where he talks about a door. Jesus talks about a door. And when I imagine a lot of the time what it's like to sort of enter into uh, a door where, where God is, where his treasure is, where heaven is, where beauty is, uh, even even though I would never ever say it uh, consciously, I would I would always declare that Jesus, you know, has a has a, a, a an easy way to enter into His presence through through Jesus Christ. But a lot of the time, as a person who struggles, as a person who's insecure, as a person who has all kinds of fears and who doesn't really know God as well as I could, I imagine all the good stuff is kind of locked up. I imagine all the good stuff of God is is kind of hard to get to. Uh, this safe here is uh, a 24-bolt, die-bolt vault door. It's in Winona National Bank. I just Googled uh, famous safes of the world. Winona National Bank uh, in the States was built in the early 1900s. In the early 1900s, there was a kind of a, almost like a... Uh, a weapons race, like an arms race between banks and bank robbers, which would be a great movie, actually, if, if somebody would do that, just sort of the scope of robbing banks over time. How many of you love heist movies, by the way? I love, I love heist movies. How many of you, when you go into your bank, which we don't do very often, when you're sitting there waiting for an appointment, whatever, you're thinking, how could I rob this place? <laughs> Confession time from your pastor. I do. I think, how can I rob this place? <laughs> it's only me. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. More repentance for me. Um, yeah, I could blow a shofar and the door would open. I know. I know it. It's true. It's true. The frequencies of that sound just unlock the gates of heaven. Um, it certainly almost unlocked my bladder. Um, again, uh, we, we just imagine God as, as being a little distant. We imagine God as being hard to get to. We imagine him as, as you know, the real blessing we need, the real stuff we need, as, as something that we have to unlock. And, and we imagine that we have to unlock it with some kind of secret knowledge. Like you have to know all the right stuff. You have to really understand the Bible uh, exactly uh, the right way to interpret the scriptures. You have to uh, have lived your life uh, just holy enough to really connect with the good stuff of God. As we talked about with Jake in the car, you have to have enough points. Don't you know you have to have enough points to really interact with God? 
he operates on some kind of point system, and it's really it's an inscrutable system. I don't really understand how the points work or, or where you get them exactly. But if you do all the right things, you'd get the right amounts of points, and then and then you can interact with God. We know that's not true, right? We know it all happens through the grace and the love of Jesus. But still, we revert so often to these behaviors of thinking that finding this connection with God uh, falls on us. And Jesus is just answering uh, all of our fears and all of our questions in Matthew chapter 7. So I'm just going to read the text. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything you do, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. That seems incongruous with that little text, but it is actually part of it, and we'll explain it in a minute. But we're still left feeling like this. Like this furtive, sneaky guy who's trying to uh, work it out and get his way into heaven. And this is a picture, really, of me as a young man. I'd had this incredible encounter with God in my teens, and, uh, and I knew that he'd broken into my life. He'd cracked my safe. Uh, he'd come into my life, and, uh, and uh, I'd given my heart to him and was trying to grow as a leader. My, my initial call to him uh, in, my, in my teens was a call to ministry, and I'm trying to figure out what that means, what it's going to mean for me to be a pastor and a leader, and wrestling through all of that. And, and what sort of came on me in that time is just an, an increased sense that I've got to figure this thing out. I've got to make this thing right. I've got to get it right. And I used to do all kinds of crazy things. I used to go up to Bethesda sometimes, uh, a retreat center near here, and I, and I would fast in the summer. I would go, I went and did this one three-day fast. And uh, I, I went up to, to a little cottage in the, in the woods. I, I don't know how, what it would be like, under 10 by 10, like a really tiny little cabin in the woods. And I went out there for like three days with no food or water because I thought I should be really extreme in this fast. And if I, if I do this, uh, God's really going to hear me and, and I'm really going to hear him and I'm going to bust down the gates of heaven and, and I'm going to really finally be able to connect with God. And literally by the end of it, by day two and a half, I'm basically uh, almost completely um, out of my head because I'm, I'm completely food deprived, I'm dehydrated, my head is pounding, it's spring, the place is full of mosquitoes, and I'm trying to walk through the woods, and literally I just snapped and went crazy. I did, I just snapped and went crazy. And I remember at one point uh, in the journey, just down those little paths, and I'm just running, ah! and I'm running down, these mosquitoes are chasing me, and it's like the hordes of hell are after me, and I'm completely, off my nut and I break into my little cabin and I kill all the bugs that followed me in and, uh, and tried to continue to meet with Jesus and that's, that's where I was at trying to crack the gates of heaven and figure all that out well somewhere shortly after that time I had another sort of similar uh, time with God where I was really trying to seek him and really trying to 
again, answers around a number of things, and I was in at meetings in church in Ottawa. I remember driving home this one night in an incredible fog. Like, it was just one of those thick and foggy nights, and some of you have heard me tell that story before. And I was just distracted, and I was just frustrated, and I was full of angst. How am I going to figure you out, God? How am I going to figure this thing out? How am I going to make it? How am I going to uh, understand what you're saying to me, God? And I'm driving home. The fog is thick. I'm going about 20 kilometers an hour. It's in the dark. And, and, and just the sense of fog all around me was exactly how I felt spiritually. And I remember getting home uh, frustrated and tired. And I remember just lying down on the grass at my parents' house, just exhausted. I just lie down like this. And I opened my eyes and saw the most beautiful starry night I'd ever seen. All of that fog, all of that confusion, all of that fear, all of that angst was all around me all around me but it was only about 10 feet high and all I had to do was to just give up lie down and look up and the father was waiting there for me and so often the angst that we feel in trying to find God and meet God and and figure out should I pick up a mic the other mic okay Um, all of the angst all of that sort of stuff that you're wrestling with uh, so often the answer is so much simpler than we imagine in our text in Matthew ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you these are simple things really sometimes it's just being still and, and I've found this ever since that when I have a question, um, the sort of harder I try to ask, the harder it is to hear the answer. Sometimes it's just like a little kid in school with a little less angst than this lady has, just raising your hand to God and saying, God, can you speak to me? Can you help me with that? Uh, Sometimes it's seeking. It's Uh, something in our hearts that is just looking for God. When we think of seeking God, immediately this image comes to me of what I was doing out there in the woods. But sometimes seeking God is just looking a little. Sometimes it's so often, it's, it's, it's much more relaxed, much more a passive thing, like this little kid behind the tree. Uh, God plays hide and seek with us all the time. But he never hides in such a way that we can't really find him. He's like me when I play hide-and-seek with Jack and Toby and I hide behind the couch. Well, I'm not quite small enough to hide behind the couch. God isn't quite small enough to really hide from us. He always leaves a leg sticking out that we can see. In my case, a butt sticking out that the kids can see. He, 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 He makes himself findable. And very often uh, in, in my journey, when, when I'm having a hard time seeking God and finding him on something, very often it's because that thing that I'm looking for actually isn't God. That thing that I'm looking for is actually uh, something much more selfish and something much more idolatrous and something much more me-centered. 
very, very often when, when I'm having a hard time seeking God, I, I, I realize that I really just need to lay down a bit of myself and, and he's so much easier to find. And uh, knock. And the door will be open to you. Penny. 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 And the door will be open to you. You know, in all of these cases, uh, in, in the language, in the original language, um, the way that uh, the writer constructed this, in the case of knock here, it's like knock and the door will be opened for you. The action, the important action in the structure of the sentence is the God who opens the door. It's the God who opens the door for you. Uh, what, uh, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying that, that God is anxious to meet with you. That God is anxious to meet with you. He's anxious to know you. He loves you. He longs to connect with you. He longs to have that relationship with you. If you seek, you find. If you knock, the door is opened. And if you ask, you receive. He's a God who longs to connect. And, and why is that? Well, well, the author is, is going to write here for a second, and he's going to tell us why he has confidence in that. Why does Jesus has conf, have confidence that God is findable, seekable, knockable? Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now think of little Joseph to be dedicated this morning. I know Jamie and Rachel. They're, they're, they, they don't seem like mean parents. I am pretty sure that every time Joseph wants to be fed, that, uh, that Jamie doesn't go to his nail bag from where he's been working and doing carpentry and give the kid, you know, some roofing nails. I'm pretty sure that, uh, that when Rachel uh, hears the cry of this hungry baby, this hungry little child, she doesn't think, <laughs> I can play some tricks on you. Let's try, let's try Frank's Red Hot. But that's, that's what we imagine God is like a lot of the time, isn't it? We imagine he's so hard, and we imagine he's so mean. This is, this is the thought that, that, that transformed my life when I was a young man, uh, partly through the renewal time in the, in the 90s, and partly just as I got to know the God who could be seen when you just lie down on the grass. God's really nice. He's really nice. He's a nice God. He is a nice God. We just lay down our lives and the entire kingdom of heaven is given. It's given as a free gift. A free gift from a God who, who loves you. A God who went to extreme lengths to prove his niceness to you. To prove that he has a purpose for you. Uh, all the hard stuff. In Christianity, God did for you on the cross. He did it for you. 
He, he, he took the nails in the hands and the, and the whip on the back and the spear in the side and the crown of thorns. He did all that for us. He's a nice, nice God. He is a good God. God is good. God is good. Now, some of you might be here this morning, and you might be wrestling with where you're at in your faith. You may be wrestling with your journey. Some of you, I know, are wrestling with this question of, will you commit your life to Jesus? And a good part of why you haven't really released your life to Jesus in one area or another or ever at all is because you fear that once you get in, that it will just be too good to be true. But it's not too good to be true. It's good and it's true. And it's true and it's good. All the stuff that you fear, all the stuff that, that you stress about, that you'll not be able to love your friends who haven't loved Jesus yet, uh, you'll, you'll be able to have a heart that still loves them and cares for them. Uh, that uh, you'll have to never have fun again ever in your life. That signing on for Christianity means signing on for misery. It's just not true. It's a journey that's full of joy and full of hope and full of life. And even in the moments that are incredibly hard seeming, there's always this incredible sense of hope and comfort in the midst of a situation that, that is so painful. Now, the Christian journey isn't a journey where there is no pain at all. Where, where nothing ever goes wrong, but it is a journey that is absolutely filled with comfort and the presence of God and even a possibility of joy in a moment that is the darkest moment of your life. And how much would you love to go through life, even the dark moments, having a friend who's near you and who loves you and who is right by your side? A God who is a good God. A God who is a good God. And then he leaves us with this thought that seemingly doesn't fit. So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. Remember what he was talking about a, a moment earlier. Uh, it, you're, you're okay parents, but if your kid asks for bread, you're not going to give them a rock. If your friends ask you for uh, help, are you going to Flipping the bird? All he's saying here in this passage is hold the door out open for the others who are knocking. That the spirit of the kingdom of God is that as open as the door has been for you, would you open the door for others? to be in your life. And, and, and in this, in all of the law, in all of the prophets, in all that God has put there as a record of his journey uh, with humanity, uh, all of that stuff in the Old Testament, all of those crazy laws, all of that is him speaking to a community and saying, there's a way to open the door. And he opens it just a little crack at the beginning of the Bible. And, and he, he shines a little light in the door to a brutal and depraved world. And, and he, he opens a little bit further in the Psalms as we have this record of David, uh, this incredible uh, guy going through the depths of despair and the heights of joy. And God, where are you? But still I will praise you. 
And, and as the prophets uh, in, in the Old Testament begin uh, to speak and call out and speak about the love and the glory of Jesus as the prophecies of the coming Messiah come, the door opens wider and wider. And when Jesus comes, he busts it down. He busts it down. Will you just be there for a friend and, and, and help them see that the door is open? Will you be there for a friend and help them see that the door is open? That forgiveness and grace are just simply there for the asking. Uh, probably the best image for uh, a door uh, is, is, is like your grocery store where you walk up to it and, and it's open. It's open for you. God is so good. He is so generous. Jesus and the stuff of life. Where are you at in your journey? Where is the door that you think is shut? Where do you think God is mean? Where do you think he's angry at you? Where do you think he's frustrated with you? Where do you think that there's a way that there's treasure for you there, but you can never unlock it? You can never get to it. Ask. Seek. Knock. And you find that God is a good, good, good God stand up. You are such a good and generous God. You're so kind to us. I ask, Father, that by your power you would just break down uh, some of our fears of you. Yes, you are holy. Yes, you are mighty. Yes, you're completely uh, different from us. But you've made a way so that none of that's a barrier. You've made a way so that that door is completely open in Jesus Christ. We long for relationship. We long for what's through the gate. We long for a taste of heaven. We long to have your gifts poured out in your lo our lives. We long to have uh, intimate fellowship and relationship with you that we never thought was possible. Whatever it is that is a good thing that you have that we think we can't have, would you give us faith and confidence to just ask, to just seek, to just knock, and see that you are powerfully active in making a way. you really love us and you really want us would you let every person here just feel wanted by you in Jesus name we pray Amen, Amen. God bless you